0: I'm Zach Dunlap, pastor of Multi-Site at Birmingham and Berkeley First. Welcome to Church Folks, the new podcast where we interview folks from our church community about who they are and what God is doing in their lives. Throughout the Bible, people are encouraged to bear witness to what they have seen and heard. Continuing in that tradition, this podcast offers a forum for people to get to know one another and be inspired. Our hope is that the stories of these church folks empower you to share your stories, to inspire others, and to be a part of beloved community together. I am here today with Patrice Wade Olson. Patrice, what do you love?
1: Hello, Zach. Um, I love people. Um, I love community. that is how I feel connected to God. And so being in community, being around people um, really just kind of inspires me and just makes my heart smile.
0: How have you experienced God at work in your life over the course of your life?
1: That's a big question. Um, I would say, you know, I know that God has been with me every step of the way. you know, from growing up, you know, we grew up in a pretty religious home, you know, and so God was very present for us and that, you know, we went to church every Sunday and, you know, we're pretty involved. Um, But I would say that maybe God wasn't real to me until I, maybe went to college or so when it would became more of like my choice to go to church and then really started kind of feeling his presence and feeling his comfort, um, you know, going through school and, you know, occasionally struggling and things of that nature. And so, you know, and then as I left school and, you know, embarked on my career, really felt God kind of nudging me, um, to just different aspects of my life, you know, when if I would have a decision that I wasn't certain, you know, being able to pray to God and say, you know, God, what should I do? You know, he would show, you know, give me little signs about, you know, where he would want me to be. Um, you know, and then, you know, moving from there, I look to my romantic life. I'm married. You know, I love my husband, you know, and I can only attribute God to our relationship um, and being able to bring us together, you know, cause he lived in Flint and I lived in Ferndale, not very close, but God allowed us to come together and just really our life. And then, you know, being led here to Berkeley and our son. So I would say God has been present, you know, through every step of the way, just kind of guiding and, you know, keeping us close.
0: Talk about those those kind of nudges. What, what do those nudges look like or feel like for you when you sense God kind of pushing you in a particular direction?
1: Um, I would say for me a lot, God either speaks to me through people or music or just little things in my day-to-day life. Um, you know, I think for a while I wanted to be a teacher. Um, And so that's kind of what I had my heart set on. And then when I went to high school, I took a class called medical skills, and it was the first class that came easy to me. Um, You know, I did okay in school, but I I had to work really hard, like getting A's and things of that nature it was not anything that came easy. I spent many hours after school hanging out with my math teacher, Mr. Aziz, um, you know, just studying. And so that was one of the first classes I took that was actually easy. And I was actually able to tutor people, which was a bit mind blowing for me. And so I remember our teacher, Miss Warner, saying, you know, this is a lot of what nursing is. You should look and do it. You know, and from there, kind of started to look more into nursing and doors just started to open um, ended up getting a scholarship, you know, with nursing and being able to get into the nursing program at Grand Valley and just kind of things were easy. You know, I found and I say easy in quotations because, you know, definitely chemistry and I were not best friends throughout college <laughs> at all, at all. Um, but, you know, it was easy um, kind of in retrospect and, you know, just doors open that made it made it all kind of work out mm-hmm. and was able to get a job, you know, out after nursing school, which a lot of people were not always able to do. But I, I had been fortunate to be able to have some nursing experience while I was in college. Um, and so I would say that. Um, looking back to just, you know, different things, you know, we at the time I was at a member at Cass Community United Methodist Church in Detroit and being able to be led there and to meet Robin Fowler. It was kind of a nudge to be there. And that was, you know, exactly where we needed to be at that time. And then kind of a nudge um, to come to Berkeley. And it's been, you know, amazing just having the church um, community that we have here. So
0: what what brought you to church? In general, it sounds like you grew up in, in a church-going family. What brought you to church in general and then this church, Birmingham and Berkeley First in particular?
1: Um, so I would say, you know, growing up, with a you know in a kind of a religious home church was always something we went to like always it wasn't even an option i remember at times i was going and i was sick that's not what i recommend um but you know we you know you had to go to church um and so wherever i have been i've always found a church um and so when i left home i found a church in college when i left college um i ended up finding a church um and then from there and so i always knew that church was Kind of where I needed to be and then at the time my hopeful spouse would want to be as well um, and getting away from kind of the religion of it churches where community is churches is where people are and that's really where I feel closest to God being community and so I find being able to be in church allows me to feel close to God um, and so kind of what led us specifically to Berkeley I would say an interesting chain of events. So Jeremiah and I, we got married at Cass Church with Robin Fowler. Um, we just, we love her. And we really loved being at Cass, um, but we had moved. I, at the time when we got married, I was living in Ferndale, but we moved out to Waterford-Ponic area and it was just a bit further of a drive. And we started talking about kids and, you know, just wanting to have kind of community closer to where we lived, um, you know, versus, you know, having to drive all of you know, always to Detroit. You know, if we were meeting up with people, and so started looking for churches. Um, and I really, you know, I was raised Baptist, but really liked, you know, the Methodist Church, and you know, really kind of what it stood for. Um, and so started looking, and we visited a church in Waterford, and it just didn't necessarily feel like home. And so I was like, oh yeah, I remember Birmingham, because a lot of. Birmingham people have been involved at Cass. Sure. Um, yeah. And so just, you know, kind of remembered seeing people, remembered hearing about Birmingham and a lot of the mission work that they did with CAS, And so I said, well, we can try that. And it's 15 minutes from our house. And so we went to Birmingham and people were nice and we saw people. I saw people that we knew and it was like, okay, like this could, this could be our spot. Um, and then you know, in our effort to find community, I had gone to the young adult gathering and it was at Berkeley church. And I remember kind of walking in and being like, Oh, this is a little bit of like what I grew up with, you know, sure. kind of like the church building and, you know, came and everyone was really nice. And, uh, you know, just was like, Oh, that was a fun. And that's not too far I would drive. It's only a little further. And, Pastor Zach, you were in the group, but I didn't know who you were at the time. And I remember coming home and kind of like Facebook stalking Berkeley and looking him up and being like, that's the pastor? I'm like, he was that group. I was like, he was making really funny comments. (laughs) And, you know, he seemed so down to earth. And I was like, oh. Like maybe that could be a space for us. Um, And so we then that Sunday, I think the groups were the groups were on Thursday nights that Sunday. We came here and people were so kind, like so kind. You know, the moment we sat down, we were greeted. I think we may have come on potluck Sunday. And so like that, you know, food is always great. And so between just being so welcoming and welcomed on our first day and just the church, we said, you know, this is where we could be. And so moving forward, we just we started attending um, and have been here ever since.
0: In what you've shared so far, I've heard the word community come up several times. It sounds like that's something that's really, really significant uh, to you in church and, and beyond the church and the church in the world. Um, what, what value do you find in being a part of Christian community?
1: Um, I feel that Christian community can challenge you. Um, It's easy to uh, kind of stay stagnant when you're by yourself or in kind of your own little echo chamber. Um, But when you're in community with lots of different people, not just people who maybe feel the same way as you or look the same way as you, it challenges you um, from a faith standpoint, but also just life. Um, And so I find value in that with community, I feel challenged and it allows me to not stay stagnant. And for me, that's how God kind of speaks to me, um, through people, through community. Um, and even, you know, when I've been tired, I'm like, oh, I just want to sit at home. You know, I've, you know, God has nudged me like, nope, nope, that's not, that's not what we're doing here. We need, you know, you need other people. You can't be in this by yourself. Um, and so that's my value in community.
0: Patrice, you are, one of the key mission leaders at Berkeley first, could you define mission for us and tell us what it means to you? Um,
1: I don't know. It's an interesting question. Um, with mission, I would say mission is going out and serving. Um, and whatever capacity, um, it doesn't ha- mission doesn't have to be, you know, traveling around the country, although that is amazing. You know, that's awesome. Mission can be just going and being God's hands and feet, hands and feet, wherever he may have you to be. Whether that's, you know, helping your neighbor pick up leaves, whether that's, you know, helping your giving your spouse, allowing your spouse to have an extra moment of sleep or babysitting your niece and nephew. Um you know, I believe mission is being God's hands and feet wherever he's called you to be.
0: So. That's powerful. And so we have we have a lot of different mission partners at Birmingham and Berkeley first um, and invite you know, everyone to, uh, you know, go and serve, you know, alongside us at Cass or up at Micah 6 and Pontiac or um, with Brightmore or any of our other partners um, in the region and, and internationally even. Um, but I love in your definition of mission that it's not just this, this uh, church program or activity that something people can do in their everyday life. How can we do that? How can we incorporate aspects of mission of being the hands and feet of Jesus into our everyday lives.
1: I would say it would start with being, trying to be present. You know, it's so easy in our everyday life to just be like going from here to there, rushing, you know, with our, you know, earbuds in and just not being present. And so I would say, you know, trying to be present because God you know, God will speak to us and, you know, throughout the day, if we let him and if we're listening and many times he's nudging us to towards mission. Um, I remember I was in one of the churches, I, I attended over there. they talked about living a living your life on mission living a life of mission um and so in your everyday life um you know helping your neighbor um helping your spouse um maybe letting someone go in front of you at the grocery store um you know if they have a few items or even if they have a ton of items you know that's even you know more mind you know mind-blowing um you know i don't i remember one day i was A couple of years ago, I was like, you know, God, you know, speak to me. I want to, you know, I want to be helpful today. And I would go to the gym every morning. And I remember one day I was, you know, I'd asked God to like, let me be a light. Let me be helpful this morning. And I was working out and I was running late already. And so I was like, okay, I'm in the door at this time, out in the shower by this time, out of it, you know, out in my car at this time. And I remember one of the ladies that I had known, she's a little older than me, um, she I just, you know, I was something nudged me to say to her, How are you doing today? Harding was like, Ah, I'm and running late. I don't know if I have time for this question. But I felt this nudge to say, like, How are you doing? And I'm talking to her and her mom ended up being really sick, you know, and they were kind of battling, you know, how to take care of her, you know, amongst her siblings. And it ended up being like a 15, 20 minute conversation, you know, which at the time I didn't, you know, think I had time for leading into it. But after She was like, you know, thank you so much for listening. I just need to talk to someone Mm. today, you know. And so God, you know, if you're present and if you're listening, um, God will give you opportunities to be his hands and feet kind of in any almost any aspect of your life. Um, You know, even at work, you know, just asking someone how their day is going, you know, or maybe bringing an extra cookie for your coworker or something like that can be you know, can be mission. You know, I think sometimes we think of mission as this like huge thing that you have to go and do. And it's got to be this like plan and this big setup. And, you know, I have to have my work shirt on when it can be like, I brought, I, you know, I made you an extra cookie or I made you an extra sandwich, you know, to your coworker or somebody. So, yeah.
0: That's huge. I love that earlier you were talking about like you know, those nudges or those promptings of the Holy Spirit. And then, um, you know, in sharing what you just shared uh, with that day at the gym, um, how you began the day really by praying for an opportunity to share the love, to shine the light of Jesus, to be on mission in this world. And I think when we wake up and we are looking for those opportunities, we're much more aware of them. Mm-hmm. I think those, those, those opportunities, you know, for mission, if we want to use that language or to shine the light or share the love or whatever, if we want to use that language, um, those opportunities come at us constantly. But like you said, sometimes we're just too busy or distracted to see them. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be a word of encouragement to all of our listeners, and you know listening to you, Patrice, as an encouragement to me too, just to be fully present, to be engaged and to be looking for those opportunities. You talked about being on mission even at work. And I'm curious, could you share with us a bit about being a nurse practitioner and how you've seen God at work in your work?
1: Yeah, Um, I'm a nurse practitioner. Um, I work at Corktown Health Center, uh, which is an LGBT health center in uh, Metro Detroit. Um, And so for me, um, the population, kind of my focus, population expertise is people living with HIV um, and then LGBT adults. Um, And so I would say that I get to see God at work every day at my job, um, just in that being able to be kind to people, Um, Some of the patients that I work with have family members that are not always kind to them Um, and, you know, sometimes face stigma kind of in their day to day life. And so being able to be um, just like a welcoming person, like giving a patient a hug, you know, those type of things, I feel that I'm able to shine God's light. You know, even if I'm not necessarily, you know, having the words and saying like, this is God's love, you know, just being able to be kind to someone I remember. Uh, I read something and it was like, you know, uh, what did it say? Preach the gospel at all times and if you must use words. Mm -hmm. And so that's always kind of something that stuck to me. Um, And so I would say being able to be kind of a light and kind to my patients is able to kind of model God's love. Um, Also, just even at times being able to be kind of an advocate. You know, if I've had patients who've maybe received not great treatment, at different places i I will call and be like, you know, what happened here, you know, and kind of, you know, pushing for them. Or even I have sometimes I've had some of my patients who are living with HIV, whose family members are just just don't know, you know, in health literacy. And so sometimes they brought their family members in for us to kind of just talk and be like, OK, this is what the virus is like. No, you cannot, you know, catch it from drinking after somebody, you know, and things of those um, things of that nature. And so being able to kind of Help expand education so that way hopefully there's less stigma you know with some you know just within different populations um yeah, I don't know i I started kind of my career at receiving in the e r um being a nurse there and you know seeing sometimes patients would come in with h i v and you know seeing some of the you know fear I guess we would say that you know some of the nurses kind of experience and mind you, this was a few years ago, like. hate to say it, probably like 10, 12 years ago when I think about it, um, you know, and so now being able to go and do education to nurses about, you know, just different things, you know, and like, no, like, you know, these are stigma. This is not true. This is true. You know, and so to hopefully make it where all patients can come in and just get love and not have to worry about fear. Um, And so that, I guess that would be how I, you know, try to shine light. And I know something just, uh, with some of my patients who are LGBT identified, you know, I've I've heard horror stories, just horror stories of different things they've experienced in healthcare settings, or occasionally with family. And so, you know, trying to help provide education to other providers, I'm like, hey, like this is like these are questions you ask, like these are not appropriate questions they ask. Like, why do you need to know? You know, do you need to know that? Because I think a lot of times you know, some of it is just ignorance. And so ignorance can make us uncomfortable and we don't always know how to respond and act. And so hopefully providing education can help decrease some of those ignorances. So that way, you know, people can get better care, you know, all people. Um, And so that is, I guess, how I try to shine God's light with what I do for my job. It
0: sounds like you're not only in the business of treatment, you're in the business of empowerment.
1: Mm Yeah. Yeah,
0: I feel like we as the church, Big C Church, the global body of mm-hmm. Christ, we have a pretty um, compelling but also daunting mission to um, make disciples of Jesus Christ um, for the transformation of the world, uh, to baptize people, to train them up in the faith, um, to indeed be known by our love. What are some ways that you think the church has struggled to do that? And how can we do better?
1: I I think in some ways, you know, people are caught up with this idea that it's their job to judge people. Right. And to pass judgment on people and what they're doing and different things. And instead of just loving people and being present and being, you know, coming alongside, um, and so I, know, I think that's, you know, some of the ways looking back, you know, everyone's so quick to pass judgment and to say, you know, well, what you're doing is wrong. And, you know, fo- I know Jeremiah this morning was talking about sin, you know, and it's so easy to focus on other people's sin. And I'm saying sin in quotations, but, you know, focus on other people, you know, instead of just being kind and being love and being community. You know, if your fo- if your if your mission is to love people like really love people, then you're not judging them. You're not, you know, you're not pacing this judgment. Um, And so I think that's been difficult. You know, I wouldn't want to go to a place where I was judged. And so I think that's made it where religion has become very complicated for some people. You know, you don't want to go to a place that you're judged. I know, you know, growing up with faith, um, you know, it was at times difficult, you know, at our household because... You know, I kind of remember my mom who, you know, I love, but, you know, would sometimes say, well, God doesn't like this or, you know, this and that. And so I remember kind of at times thinking of God is like very like judgy, you know, in some ways. And so that's where that's it wasn't until I kind of left home and, you know, kind of went to college and, you know, expanded my circle that I was like, oh, OK, no, no it's not on me to be judgy. Um, You know, that is not a part of this. Like God wants me to be his hands and feet and wants me to love people and the judging he will take care of. Like that's not my job. Like that's not my job at all. Um, And so I think that has made it very difficult for some people. And I know for like a lot of my patients, like religion can be very complicated. Yeah. Right. You know, and even some of my patients who are living with HIV, they've told me horror stories of how people have said to them, you know, well, you know, because of what you're doing, this is why, you know, you have this diagnosis or this is a punishment from God. Like, what in the world? You know, and so that's what people are kind of like, that's what people have heard. And so that's what people are walking in the doors with. Right. it's gets me like so I think about it, I'm so upset, you know, and so sorry. Ugh, this makes me so mad, you know, because if that's what you grow up hearing and if that's what you grow up seeing and you see on TV, like how can we expect people to want to be a part of this like religious institution that's told them like this is the reason that you have this disease or this is the reason that like things aren't going well for you in your life? You know, and sometimes that would happen, like even for me growing up, you know, something bad happened, you know, occasionally I was told like, oh, well, that's a punishment because you didn't listen, you know. And so, like, how do you expect people to want to be a part of something that people have used to hold over their heads? Um, And so I would say for us as a church, we really need to focus on being love and being mission and not being judgy. Like that is not our job at all. Like, yes, our job is to share the word. And yes, our job is to welcome people and serve. Our job is not to judge. Like that's on God. And He will do so as He sees fit. That's not a part of what we should be doing. Um, and that's my belief. I know that it can be, you know, there's all different, you know, thoughts on that, but that's kind of how. I try to live my life, you know, and I think if we can maybe focus on that more um, instead of the judging aspect, more people will want to come to Christ and will want to be a part of the Big C Church.
0: That concludes this episode of Church Folks. Patrice will be back finishing up her interview with us next week, and I encourage you to tune in for that. In the meantime, you can find more information about Birmingham and Berkeley First on our websites fumcbirmingham.org, and berkeleyfirst.org. Take time today, this week, to feel those nuts from God, to be God's hands and feet wherever you are, and to let love triumph over judgment in your little corner. Peace.